0: This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kahn.
1: Hi, I'm Brian Finster. Um, I've been a software developer for over 20 years. And um, I know from my personal experience that continuous delivery makes developers' lives better and I'm on a mission to help every developer live better lives and I think everyone else should be too. So I really think people should dig into understanding what continuous delivery is, how to get it from idea to end user and get feedback as rapidly as possible to increase the quality and allow people to sleep better at night, especially developers. I've carried a pager for a long time. Nobody should wake up in the middle of the night. CD allows us to sleep.
0: This is a continuing episode with Brian Finster about contract testing. On episode 122 is when we kicked off this series. Go to the show archive to find it. I'll talk about managing dependencies in a CD pipeline.
1: I rail against safe. Quite a bit scaled agile framework because the way that you manage dependencies are safe with this process you get on a release train and make sure all the dependencies go together
0: yeah right
1: you code around dependencies okay one of my f- favorite things to talk to people about is okay so let's say i'm coding I'm, I'm working on the front end and you're working on the back end so number one the very first thing we do is we establish a contract we deploy our tests against that contract we, we test the interface first to make sure with a dummy data that we can talk to each other because that's the riskiest thing we do. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I will build feature flags around whether or not the contract's implemented or not. And if I'm super clever, I'll build it so that when you implement your portion of the contract that I need, that it'll automatically trigger that feature flag.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Unless I have some sort of marketing thing or release schedule uh, where I don't want to expose that information, uh, that that behavior yet, in which case i'll I'll have both. I' will we'll have a feature flag that I can manually trigger with the environment, and then one that's automatically set so that if I manually trigger it and you're not there, it still doesn't break me. it won't activate. Hmm. right? And you have to that's engineering. It's like how do I engineer my system of delivery around deploying as fast as I can with a high level of of, of certainty that everything will work, and then you know control the release as as desired. Deploy and release should not be the same thing, it's just too risky. I need to verify in production I'm not blowing anything up.
0: Deploy and the release are the same thing, it's too risky, if they are the same, it's too risky. That's what you're saying,
1: right? If you're waiting for a day to deploy, Mm -hmm. you've got this huge batch of code. Okay. Every line of code is a potential defect. Right. Right? So, the more lines of code delta you have, the more potential defects you have. If you've been doing continuous delivery for any length of time for real, you start panicking when you see that delta get too big because Uh you know that you're going to go into a war room. And that if you've been doing continuous delivery for length the time, you know that your odds of going to a worm are much less if you're delivering all the time and validating.
0: Okay, okay, that's the delta. Sorry, I, I, I think I'm trying. I think I'm on track. So the delta is from the time of. All right, no, from the time. I'm of sorry,
1: t- it's the if you any add or removal of code is a delta. Okay, right? so code changes. All right. Yeah, so it's just the the code change delta. Okay. You're trying to pretty small because it, every haystack has a needle. If you build smaller haystacks, it's easier to find the needle. <laughs> right.
0: All right, all right. So managing de- – now, now I'm having trouble connecting that with managing dependencies in CD. So. Oh, so
1: you, 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 you don't manage dependencies. You handle them with code. You code around the dependencies. You code in a way that's intelligent to, to uh, make sure that you can trigger that dependency however you want that you have tested that interface first, right and you don't use process for anything. Code is how you, it's a technical problem, not a process problem. If my dependency is not available, then what? And this comes down to resiliency as well, because the dependency may be available until two days from now when it suddenly collapsed because they had problems. And so what's your how are you going to respond when it's not there anymore in production? Okay. You, you, you have to code in a way where failure is the expectation, not something that won't happen. Failure isn't an option. It's a promise. <laughs>
0: All right, right. Let me see if I got this. So, the idea is hey, not having your dependency around is actually a useful thing because now you've got your first uh, requirement. Can you handle the fact that your dependency isn't there and, and still yeah. operate? All right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And then uh, later, if, let's say if you have the bad luck of having your dependencies in place, you might actually forget to, to worry about that scenario when it goes away. It's really common that people just expect that everything's going to be perfect.
1: And I don't understand why that is, especially the cloud environment. I mean, the cloud, you know, I, I've talked to people moving from mainframe to cloud. You know, and I say, well, you've got the this guppy living in a manicured uh, you know, pond with lily pads, and you've taken it, and you're gonna lift and shift the cloud and just recode that same thing with no thought to the fact that you're going into an acid-filled bath full of sharks, you know? Failure is an absolute promise in the cloud. So how are you coding around that? And being able to have that, uh, that, that dependency management handled in the code so that you can be resilient is critical. And that's, that's part of testing that you're doing when you're doing this, uh, uh, integration testing, contract testing.
0: No, I love this because the next time somebody says, "Oh, I can't start that because the the I'm waiting for so and so to get the system up," I'm gonna say, "Hey, wait about the case when it's when it's when the system's down. Let's let's see what that looks like."
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're having conversations with people and they say, "Well, I'm I'm done, but I'm it's I can't deploy the production for six months," oh, like you're funny. not done. You just you just in six months won't remember how because my <laughs> it's not needed yet, right? You're not done. You're just in six months won't remember what it is or okay. how to support it. And crossing your fingers is a break.
0: Let's go back to the frame here you said about safe. So safe, I'm assuming, let me take a guess here. reason why you brought up safe as a, uh, uh, how would we say, problematic in this area is because of the PI is usually a few months before they go to production. Is that maybe why you... This no, on. it's just
1: the, the concept of managing dependencies with process. Oh, that okay. no matter how long your, your delivery increment is, the fact is is that your delivery increment is tied to the slowest team. Right. Uh, which is going to delay your feedback. And the goal of CD is to amplify feedback. You need feedback as fast as you can. You want to get to production in less than an hour, because that's going to be a tiny change with rapid feedback that's easy to fix. Right.
0: I blissfully don't work with a lot of safe teams. So let me just, I might be asking a question out of, I'll be asking a question out of ignorance here. Do safe t- teams deploy to production even though they're not done with their uh, program increment?
1: I, I don't work with all the safe teams anymore either. Uh, I have had that inflicted upon me before. before <laughs> we're on a risk, right? I'm, I'm going to have a lot of, there may be some safe people hearing this and they're going to come and thrash me and tell me that we implemented safe incorrectly, yeah, which right. I hear a lot that you just implemented it incorrectly from it not, It's several companies. You know, they'll say, well, they just didn't implement it correctly. And that's quite possible. It shouldn't be that hard to implement is going to be my response. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't know oh, okay. what safe teams will do, because my goal is to make sure all teams are delivering independently and the release train is one team.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I just realized. Wait a minute. I don't know if they 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 deploy quite more frequently than their program increment, and they probably do. At least I would hope so. Because if they don't, let's just let's just put it in a different frame. If you're a safe team and you're deploying every program increment, and your program increment is like three months, that goes back to what you were saying about the deltas. The code deltas are going to be quite large, and so you're going you're not doing. You're kind of doing Big Bang deployments. I mean, honestly, most people, even without SAFE, were, 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 would consider a f- quarterly deployment fairly Big Bang.
1: Yeah, I, my assumption is that even that it, even as slow as release train is, it's got to be faster than that. But it's not as fast as I can go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because I guarantee you there's no release train that's releasing multiple times a day.
0: Yeah. can't say a no of any... Uh, yeah, no, I, honestly, the people who are doing SAFE are generally uh, have a lot of other... Th- uh, there's some things that are moving slow, and that's why they, they, they started with it. Um, hopefully, yeah. they, they, they evolve from that. <laughs> So now we're talking about decoupling teams. Maybe we've covered that. Uh, Is there more to talk about on that?
1: No, I I think we've covered it. I mean, it's just that core concept that we're we're testing the interface first instead of last because it's the riskiest thing. It allows us that we're coupled at that point where we're testing interface and establishing the contract. From that point forward, we're entirely independent of each other.
0: So there's two teams out there. There's the the producer team and the consumer team. And Mm -hmm. uh, they get a story and now let's see so it's pro i I don't know i'm assuming it's the client the the consumer team that wants the story done because they're more customer facing and they say hey we need access to this new area in the back end hey uh producer team can you give that to us how am i doing so far
1: yeah let's let's talk worst case where the producer isn't also like in the same program okay so that's the That's
0: a good one. Right, right, right. Wow. Okay. So they're not in the same program. Okay. Cool. So now now we have some distance between each other. Okay. So now it's gonna. uh, The request is gonna go through. This is where you get into a lot of process of not technical stuff, but process stuff about how does it get from the producer. uh, Sorry, from the consumer to the producer. It eventually gets there though. And now the producer's going like, Wow. This is usually what. This is what happens in real life. Is what I see. Wow. Well, what are all your requirements? And uh, uh, you know whether they're doing agile or not. They want it. They kind of want to know what does the consumer want and the consumer may not really know how to communicate that well because so so how should this work let's let's probably step into that
1: sure the way that i always recommend it working is having some people from each team go talk to each other get out of here
0: stop it stop it don't talk crazy like that it's
1: <laughs> crazy talk right i mean so we should have a pretty good understanding of uh, of what the feature is we're trying to deliver Okay. We may not be down to the level of detail of BD, but we should have a pretty good understanding of the kind of information I need to complete this feature. Hmm. Okay. And so then what we do is we go and talk to the producers and say, hey, this is the information that I'm going to need. First pass, right, is is this. So what what if we put out a just a mock API of that and let's play with that? And, and see if there's any adjustments. Before we go to code behavior, let's let's get a mock API out there that we can... A virtual service is perfect for this. So we throw it out there and actually play with the API. It's it's the same as standing up a wireframe for a user interface, right? It's that thing that we're going to play with just to see if it's fit for purpose. And spend a, just a little bit of time, you know, maybe a sprint, right? Playing with that. Okay. And then I say, okay, that's great, let's lock that in. When can you finish the behavior? So that I can have an idea about when we can release our our, our uh, feature on the front end.
0: Let's put a little scrum commentary in there. So, so I think what you're describing is a spike So it's a test between two teams that are going to try out something and uh, see if it works out. And if it works out, then they move on to formalizing a contract. I mean, I think you're going towards that, but let me stop. Yeah, I mean,
1: they've (laughs) already got a tested contract at that point. We've got a server virtual service we've tested against. It's got some dummy behavior. Okay, we're solid. That's good. Or this will work for now. We may have some additions later. And let's go forward. Okay. And then at that point, I can go and test against that virtual service and implement my front end behavior. Uh, they've given me kind of a, a swag about when they can deliver based off their current backlog, depending on how closely aligned they are to the, the, the you know, the overall program is how much I can push on them for it, and, Yeah. right? And, uh, and then we go and implement and um, then when the contract's satisfied, it, it's, it's, it's turn on the feature.
0: And And just so let me mention a couple of key points, how this could be implemented poorly is uh, if they if those two teams that start the conversation don't actually talk to each other, but they send emails. All right, that's going to be slow. No, I'm serious. Or, or they're going to hey, that they're going to they're the 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 first the the producer team says, hey, we want to know you want we want you to spec it out, and the consumer team actually in isolation tries to spec it out. You know, they spend a lot of time writing a document and shipping it over to the to the producer team. Producer team looks mm-hmm. at it and implements it, or, or or maybe not. Or there's a back and forth. Either way, those are slow boats. <laughs> so you want to you want to get in the speedboat. You got to get them in the same Zoom meeting nowadays. Uh, get a couple people together so that they work together on producing a spike story now in this case it's a little weird because we're sort of saying that look that person from one team and that person from another team are going to work together on a story and uh, quite frankly from a process standpoint i don't care who owns the story let's just we want the the value and the value is getting that contract ironed out in a fast way rather than the slow boat
1: Yeah, I, I think people carve their uh, their companies up into too small of a piece. There's one piece. There's the company and the profit, right? That's that's like I, I was explaining to someone recently that I think we we should be in a post DevOps world. We should be in a world of flow. And I know I'm, I'm way off now, but <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that it's no longer how do we get Dev and Ops working together. It's how do we get IT and business to understand that they are both IT and business.
0: Right, right. Got it. Yeah. Right.
1: And so this goes all the way to that. It's that if the thing we are working on at this company, if, if this feature is the most important feature, and that team is not supporting us doing that with high bandwidth communication and aligned priorities, then maybe we aren't working on the most important feature. Maybe we should be helping them deliver theirs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's right on the money, man. Wouldn't it be great to develop new features with zero bugs? Deployment to production day doesn't have to be stressful. With some changes, it can be relaxing and just another day at the office. Are you a developer who has heard of test-driven development, but you haven't figured out how to apply it at work? If you have 90 minutes for a live over-the-web class, go to tddacademy.com. And sign up for my hands-on, test-driven development coding dojo, TDD Academy. Check out the lovely show notes I have for this episode. There are terms defined such as virtual service, provider and consumer, and there's some links to other Agile Thoughts episodes such as the one on test automation pyramid. The contract testing is a part of that. And there's also episodes on how to do TDD. And uh, all as mentioned in this episode, we have a topic on doing BDD in Scaled Agile Framework. So check out the show notes. They show up right in your podcast player. Or if you downloaded this from the web, just go back to the page where you downloaded this MP3. Next episode, Brian Finster and I peel back the layers of the onion of contract testing. I'm, I'm interested in this one. Uh, there was a comment uh, Brian made to me. He said, "Yes, there are tests to test tests." So, Brian, what's this crazy talk, man? Test to test tests?